Support for Georgia College Connections comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Thank you for tuning in to Georgia College Connections and WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today we're talking about giving young people a place at the table to sustain our democracy in the 21st century. My guest today is Ian Bridgeforth, the founder and CEO of Georgia Shift, a recently minted nonprofit organization with the goal of giving young Georgians a platform from which to get involved in the civic life of their communities at the local, state, and national levels. Ian is an alumnus of Georgia College, and he's returned to Milledgeville to help engage Georgia College students in the conversations surrounding the 2016 presidential elections. Ian, welcome to Georgia College Connections. Thank you for having me. The pleasure is mine, and it's a pleasure to welcome you back to the Georgia College campus. I know you've been here several times uh, this last year, but it's been a while since you were a student here. Yeah, it's great to be back and sort of see how things have changed and, and how the campus is, is just growing. Not growing in size, but I think in reputation. And I would imagine uh, you and your classmates were a big part of that change that has, has right, come about. Right. I remember even, I think it was when I was, time I was graduating, the wellness center, I think, was sort of just being built. And sort of you see construction and everything um, come happening, even with the arch on West Campus and just a lot of cool things happening at the university. Well, we're here to talk today about getting folks a little bit younger than ourselves involved in their civic life. We have the big picture of the 2016 presidential election in front of us, but you have put together an organization that's really trying to get people involved, I guess, more longitudinally in their civic life and engage them in government, uh, but also in their communities. And so I guess I'd just start off my conversation asking you to talk about the need that you're trying to address with Georgia Shift. So what I'm trying to address with the organization is that we have over a million people, according to recent census estimates, 18 to 24 here in Georgia. And there's no organization, no nonprofit organization, it's a nonpartisan, specifically talking to them and engaging with them on the local, federal, and state issues that impact them. So what I wanted to do was have an organization that amplified their voices and make sure that their voices are heard at the local, state, and federal level. And I wanted to ask you, can you tell us about a moment when you saw that this need was there and you decided to mobilize yourself into trying to find a, an answer or a means of, uh, of addressing that lack? Uh, so as, I guess, an analytics nerd, so I, I like looking at numbers and things like that. And so when I was looking at the 2012 election results and looking at a lot of the numbers and, and looking at the amount of young people that did not get involved and sort of I kept digging deeper and sort of seeing what's going on and why is this happening. I saw that there wasn't any organization really addressing this issue on a statewide level to really get young people involved and sort of not tell them that you should be in one party or the other. There wasn't a nonprofit organization that focused specifically on the issues and not had a partisan bias or anything like that. Now, I just ask you, tell us about Georgia Shift and the organization that you've put together to try to fill that void. What it does, what it does when it's actually mobilized and out there, and you know, what are some of the grander ambitions that you all have? So what we do, essentially, we focus on giving young people a seat at the table of democracy. And so we do that through voter engagement, leadership development, 
and issue advocacy. We're working on having a legislative and issue advocacy arm of Georgia Shift. And so essentially, how do we give them the tools and resources to make change in their neighborhood? And so we focus on voter registration and voter education. We focus on leadership development as far as how do we make sure that they are growing as young people to be able to take on these large challenges. Issue advocacy is how do we make sure that young people can know how to advocate for the issues that they care about. Big picture, what we'd like to do really is to make sure that one, they're registered to vote and they're they're civically engaged and, and aware of the issues that impact them on the local, state, and federal level. And then as far as leadership development, we want to build sort of a new bench of young leaders who may go on to start their own nonprofits or may go on to tackle these really important issues that have been lingering for a very long time. And I think Looking back at history, a lot of the social movements, whether it be civil rights movement, human rights movement, or women's rights movements, have young people have been on the forefront of them. And sort of whether it be John Lewis, Julian Bond, all these other icons, we think young people can, in the 21st century, lead that change as well. And what are some of the ways that you engage these young people? Um, I saw some examples of this on your website, some events that have taken place. Can you talk a little bit about those? What we found initially when we first started the organization, there were a lot of issues that young people cared about. They just didn't know how to take action on them, whether it be health care, immigration, LGBT rights, things where there wasn't anything sort of giving them tools and resources to make change on that issue. And so I think the first thing is listening, and I think understanding Find, just finding out where they are and listening to the issues that they care about and saying, okay, how can we help? We've done, in the past, we've done trainings on digital media, on issue advocacy, and sort of figuring out sort of what do you need and, and what's the best way to make sure that we can help you take that next step in your civic engagement. So uh, earlier this year, we did a three-day student activism training. We had two trainers come in from, um, one from Ohio, one from North Carolina, and they were experienced organizers, and they came in and showed students, how do you set goals, strategy, build power within your campus, within your community, and sort of really how do you organize other students, build volunteer recruitment, things like that. And so that's the biggest thing is really listening to them and seeing what do you care about and and how can we help. And one of the main things we, we do is we don't want to be the voice of young people. We just want to amplify their voices. This generation is very diverse in in all types of different demographics, trying to say that we are one voice of all those people, I don't think that's very helpful because there's so many different voices. So what we want to do is say, how do we amplify the voices who want to be heard and make sure that they are heard? Well, we're going to take a short break right now, but if you're just joining us, we're talking with Ian Bridgeforth. He's the founder and CEO of Georgia Shift, a new nonprofit organization that has the goal of giving young Georgians a platform from which to get involved in the civic life of their communities and to get involved in the issues that are important to them. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Georgia College Connections, in which we're talking with Ian Bridgeforth.
Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we're talking about giving young people a place at the table to help sustain our democracy in the 21st century. Joining me in the studio is Ian Bridgeforth, the founder and CEO of Georgia Shift, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization with the goal of giving young Georgians a platform from which to get involved in the issues that are important to them and in their communities. So in that last segment, we were talking about you know, the problem Georgia Shift is trying to address and some of the means that y'all are using to address um, that issue. And you mentioned an interesting point about um, some of the leaders who um, have been important in your, I guess, awakening as a civically engaged person. And you talked about uh, John Lewis, uh, Julian Bond, some of the icons of the civil rights movement. And it made me question, are there differences between the leadership potential and the leadership offered by people in this generation uh, with generations earlier? In some ways, I think it's, I don't want to compare any specific person to John Lewis or Julian Bond, but I do think some of those similar struggles have continued, right? So, for instance, if you look at the civil rights movement, there was a, there was a number of, a lot of clashing between sort of uh, John Lewis and, and his organization and sort of Martin Luther King and and his organization. And not always, but sort of there were there was friction because a lot of the young people were very impatient and sort of they wanted to do certain things. And in civil rights movement, sort of there was a difference in, in tactics and people were saying, do it this way, do it this way. And I think even in this time where you have a lot of movements, whether it be women's rights movement or whether it be uh, civil rights movement sort of in this day and age, I think there are a lot of people sort of that, I think so there's a lot of impatience where it's like, hey, we need to do this now. And a lot of people are saying, hey, do it this way, maybe wait a little bit. Sort of. So I think there's always been that clash of sort of, quote unquote, the old guard versus the new. And I think the difference between now, I think it's just information moves a lot quicker than it did back then. Sort of, I think transparency is a lot, there's, there's a bigger light shined on young people and things like that. So I think the level of leadership, and I would say accountability is higher because there are certain things that you just can't do you know, because there are cameras everywhere, there's everything is recorded. And so I think it's just a high level of accountability when it comes to if you want to get engaged in this day and age. So I think that there is a preconception or possibly even a misconception that older generations have about the young people who are coming out of college, maybe in college right now, and that they're not perhaps as ready to take the reins of the economy, the political system, uh, leading our communities. Is that the case? Do you find this in your work with the people that you're doing that you're making up for a lack of leadership training that they may have missed out on? Or is that just something, again, that the generation that's going out always says about the generation that's coming in? And there's actually an article written about this, about how there's always been the me, me, me generation, right? So every generation that comes after they're sort of, because they don't do things exactly like how they did it, they're sort of looked at as sort of who are these weird kids and why are they messing around sort of what we built and everything. And I think can't really fight that specific battle because I think it's always going to happen. I even see it with people my age where they'll look at a lot of students in middle school or high school and say, kids these days type of thing. And I'm, it's, it's funny to me because I look at them like as if they were holy saints throughout their high school and college career. And I think there's just a higher level of accountability in a lot of ways. With, for instance, with college athletes, people sort of are a lot of scrutiny on college athletes. And I'm 
saying, you know, if everything we did in college was put on social media, none of us would have jobs. And so it's always trendy to sort of pick on the newer generation and say that they're destroying everything. The younger generation, in a lot of ways, I'm more hopeful for them, I think, particularly because there's so many more resources at their disposal than there was even 10 years ago. And I think with the speed that the internet is moving, you can do a lot more, a lot faster, I think, not even with civic engagement, but even building businesses or doing all those other things. There's so many different resources now on YouTube and all those other things that just weren't available. And I think that actually makes me excited to see what the next generation comes up with. I thought I'd ask if you could highlight some of those tools that are game changers and tell me why you think they are as such. Particularly, I think one, the speed of the internet is sort of moving at an exponential rate. So for instance, like I said, we talked about before, I'm an alum. So when I was in school, sort of the big guys on campus were Facebook and Twitter. And sort of those were the two things. And I graduated about five years ago. So it's not that long ago, but now the entire real estate of the internet has changed where you can take a picture and have something automatically uploaded to all your networks within seconds. You have tools like like Twitter, you have tools like Snapchat and Instagram and all the things that allow you to organize, um, to get people organized around a certain issue. Um, you have email, you sort of email marketing tools, other things like that, allow your cause and allow your mission to move a lot faster than it did before. And I think it's just training people to be able to do that. Speaking of misconceptions, I think a misconception is that Every young person, because they use social media, they know how to use it specifically for organizing. And I think there's a difference between using social media for uh, personal purposes versus using it for a specific cause or building a business or doing other things like that. So those types of things, I think, are widely available that I think what we want to help train them in, how do you build capacity around whatever issue that you care about and make change? Well, time has come again, and we're going to take another short break. But if you're just joining us, my guest today is Ian Bridgeforth. He is the CEO and founder of Georgia Shift, and that is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization with the goal of giving young Georgians a seat at the table to charter their road in this 21st century democracy. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Georgia College Connections. Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections and WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today we're talking with Ian Bridgeforth, the founder and CEO of Georgia Shift, about means of engaging young people and giving them a place at the table to help sustain our 21st century democracy. Ian, among many things, is a Georgia College alumnus, but we're talking to him today 
for his role as the founder and CEO of Georgia Shift. It's a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that has the goal of giving young Georgians a platform from which to get involved in issues and in their communities, no matter where or what they may be. Um, so there was something that we talked about a little bit in the last segment and then further on into the break that I wanted to bring out for our radio audience, which is about this immediacy of the internet and it being a kind of double-edged sword in that when an event happens, when an issue comes to the fore, it can be spread like wildfire. But just as easily as that can be spread, there's that next message that's shooting in to try to distract your attention away. And so I guess my question is to ask, how do you sustain engagement in this time where we are so prone to distraction? It's understanding and listening to what your audience cares about and, and understanding how your audience also likes to receive information, right? So you could have the best message in the world and you may put it in a standard newspaper but your audience may not read newspapers. It's not that they don't care about news, they just get their news in a different way. And so maybe they get their news specifically from Twitter or Reddit or all these other platforms. And so I think going where they are and sort of engaging with them authentically on the issues that they care about, I think is, is something where it helps build a relationship. The more you build a relationship with people, the more people will notice you in their news feed or in their timeline or whatever it is. Um, so I think that's really the, the start of it is you're more likely to notice someone's tweet or someone's Facebook post if you really built a relationship with them over time. So for instance, whether it be your your best friends or whatever, or your family, certain family members you haven't really built a relationship with, you probably scroll by or whatever, but family members that you've had a connection with, you usually stop scrolling, sort of pay attention to whatever they're saying. So I think it's the same way where you have to build a relationship with them and do it for the long term and not just sort of come in and then say, do what you want and then leave and sort of disappear. I think it has to be really reciprocal. And can you talk about what reciprocity is in this digital sphere? I don't say it doesn't take any effort, but I think it's a lot easier than you think, right? So for instance, if you're running a Facebook page or something like that, tweeting something about like a happy Friday or something like that, something that doesn't, that's not transactional, say bye, 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 or do this, do this, I think just creating value, whether it be through humor, motivation, inspiration, all those other things like that, really how you build it. Because it's it, because you're doing something that they get value out of. Again, not focusing on you know what the imperative of your organization is, but kind of sharing just a slice of shared humanity. You know? Right. One thing that you know, your responses in this segment have led me to you know uh, think about in my own mind is uh, breaking out of the echo chamber because you know with the digital environment uh, we are interacting in you know i think broadly smaller and smaller circles or at least that's one of right. the criticisms now um what are your thoughts about the echo chamber that people sometimes find them, themselves in is that a real thing or is this maybe an, another overblown concept of the age in which we're living? Uh, no, I, I don't think it's overblown at all. And that's something that I get concerned about, particularly with this election, where we only want to hear from people who agree with us. And I don't think that's how you create constructive dialogue. I don't think just because you're, you're voting for this person or you feel this way on an issue, I'm not going to delete you from my Facebook feed or unfollow you or things like that. You're creating a, a sort of false reality and a false world where everyone in your digital sphere thinks like you and, to, and, and sort of 
and talks like you, and I don't think that's how you grow, and I think you sort of stay stagnant in your progression of of your intellect and sort of just in your in your social interactions. I don't think that's a good idea, and I think, unfortunately, the Internet has given us the ability to curate specifically what we want to hear, when we want to hear it, and to tune out anyone who doesn't agree, disagree with us, and I think that's that's not helpful, particularly for democracy and for progress. And how do we go about breaking that dangerous chain? It's a personal thing where you really have to look at it and say, am I really getting a correct view of what the world looks like? Or am I, am I really getting a balanced view of politics, of policy, and those other things? Uh, or am I just getting red meat and sort of this, this false reality of what's going on? And, and I think what's, what's eventually going to happen is that we're going to have to etern- internally look at ourselves and say, what is really happening? Because I think there, there may be sort of like a, a shock in the system in some ways of, of, I thought it was this, but the reality is this. I don't know when that time is coming, but eventually it's going to happen where we're going to have to really internalize and let's say we have to get out of our own shells and our own bubble and, and talk to people who may not think like us or look like us or anything like that. It's like you said at the outset, uh, for me personally, I don't think that this issue can be overblown enough um, right. because I, that is just the danger that um, it's not even something that people understand is that they're living in this own echo chamber. And I've seen it many times, like you said, during this uh, election cycle. But one of the things I wanted to ask you with, and it looks like this will be one of our last questions, but what are some of the issues that are important to the groups of people that you're trying to reach out to with Georgia Shift? So I, I work primarily with, the, I would say, quote unquote, younger millennials, they're around 18 to 24 year old range, primarily on a process and sort of higher level. I think authenticity is, is really important. The internet has sort of created a world where you can Google so many things, you can research so many things. So, and before, when, when a politician was at a town hall meeting and they were talking, doing their talking points, you couldn't sit there and Google what they're actually talking. You couldn't Google their votes or anything like that. Well, I think now their votes are all online. You can see exactly what they're doing. That level of transparency, I think, is really important to, to young people. As far as specific issues, jobs, sort of economic opportunity are available. I think whether you're going to college or not going to college, Everyone needs a job and sort of everyone needs is going to at some point whether buy a home or buy a car, all these other things like that. Giving them as much opportunity as possible is, is really important. And so there's that. I think healthcare eventually I think is, is important where they may or may not have children and things like that. Sort of figuring out how do you provide healthcare for your family or yourself. If a young person is going to college, obviously the Hope Scholarship, college tuition, affordability is important. And, and different issues that are happening on, on campus. I think young people are much more socially progressive than has been. I think they're more socially tolerant. A lot of issues that impact young people or sort of that matter to young people impact everyone. I think it's just depending on where the person is in life when they're between 18 and 24 or when they're young. Because when you're 18, you may be going to college or, or maybe going right into the workforce. And when you're 24, you may be in a totally different span of your life. You may be out of college. You may have a family, other things like that. And so the issues that matter to young people are, are so diverse in the fact of there's such change that happens between 18 to 24, 18 to 29. That's the tough thing. I think a lot of times why a lot of elected officials don't or have a hard time engaging young people because such rapid change happens between those years. And, and so there's such just personal development happens between those years. You can ask most seniors on campus here, they are not the same person they were when they first got here. What I liked out of this last question is that 
you know, no matter how much we perceive a difference between this generation that will be assuming, you know, leadership roles, power, you know, influence, and no matter how much we perceive that there we have differences between us, really what you're saying is that a lot of the bedrock core issues are the same. So as much as things change, they're still the same. It's about trying to achieve your full potential and trying to figure out your place in your own perception what the American dream is, I right. believe. This will be my last question, but earlier we talked about how it's just so easy for one generation to knock off the one that's coming up before them. But what, what I do want to ask is, what gives you hope? Why are you doing this? And what gives you hope about this generation that's coming up that has encouraged you to actually make this a huge part of your life right now? What gives me hope is that there are a lot more people aware of the issues that matter or sort of the, a lot aware of, of social issues and, and civic issues than has been before, I think, particularly because of sort of the transparency sort of the uh, of the internet and things like that so they are able to take action and do things a lot earlier than than other people who may not have had those resources and so it's it's almost like the resources and the potential is there it's just how do you make that spark basically for instance man and this, i was reading about uh, a specific georgia college student jonathan mangrum who was a sort of a rising star when it comes to politics and sort of policy, and, and he's a student here, and reading about all the things that he's done regarding civic engagement, that gives me hope because when I was here, sort of, I was doing a lot of things, but sort of I wasn't really too, too involved in politics and policy and sort of seeing people coming behind me and sort of doing all these different things, I think gives me hope because they're much more... I don't want to say impatient in some ways, but sort of they're they're much more ready to get involved and get active, and they it happens a lot faster than what I could have done ten years ago or whatever because just there's there wasn't the technology that was available. A, a lot of civil rights icons, I know even John Lewis has mentioned this about how think about the things that they could have done if they had the technology of today. It, it gives me hope because there's there's opportunity and sort of the message you can reach on more people faster. Is there's so much more you can do by just grabbing the potential of the technology that sort of that surrounds us every day and sort of that we can't uh, get rid of it. It's it's something that is integrated in our society. And I think um, using that for good and sort of seeing the things that a lot of people are doing um, really sort of keeps you going. Now, if people are interested in finding out more or maybe even joining you, how can they find out? Uh, the best way, I think they can go to the website, uh, georgiashift.com. That's Georgia spelled out, G. E-O-R-G-I-A shift.com. Um, we're on all, all the social media stuff. Um, Facebook slash Georgia Shift. Um, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, uh, all with the username Georgia Shift. Um, and you can get a reach out to there, tweet us, uh, direct message us, and then uh, we'll get you engaged. Well, Ian, thank you very much for joining us today on Georgia College Connections. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. You've been listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today we are talking about giving young people a place at the table to help sustain our democracy in the 21st century. Joining me today was Ian Bridgeforth, the founder and CEO of Georgia Shift, a recently minted 
nonpartisan, nonprofit organization with the goal of giving young Georgians a platform from which to get involved in the civic life of their communities at the local, state, and national levels. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. It's been my pleasure spending a portion of this evening here with you on Georgia College Connections, and I look forward to convening with you next time.